Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brendan McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Socket Call. Once again, joined by my co-pilot, Will Gagan, sports editor of the South County Independent. It's been a while, folks. The end of the sports uh, high school sports season has come to an end, but we also had some life-changing events as well that we'll uh, begin with. Will, first of all, congratulations. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate it. Had a, a baby girl born May 18th, uh, about a day or two before we were going to do another podcast, so had to put that on the back burner for a while. But uh, yeah, Molly's doing well. She'll probably be an uninvited guest on the podcast a few times as, uh, as we get into the fall season. <laughs> might, might have to bring over to a couple of Ocean State uh, Wave of games. Of course, before, yeah, so. yeah, no doubt about it. Perfect place uh, for a little, little baby time. But uh, we're going to put a bow on the uh, end of the spring season. We yeah. had a couple of championships that you and I were both a part of. We'll begin with uh, South Kingstown Softball, which won the D2 title. Yeah, first uh, fast-pitch softball championship for South Kingstown. They'd won a few times in slow-pitch, but never since fast-pitch, and really hadn't even had a lot of success in fast-pitch. It had been just kind of a steady climb for them the past few years with a good group of players who'd actually grown up playing fast-pitch softball and kind of saw themselves as a pretty good group who could really make some noise. Uh, and they ended up doing it. it what's interesting about it is, uh, you know, so often in softball, fast pitch especially, you see pitchers dominating. South Kingstown won with a very good pitcher and a very good offense, not with a dominant pitcher. Uh, and they beat a dominant pitcher to do it. Situates Haley Venturini, who had struck them out, I believe it was 17 times in a regular season meeting. Uh, South Kingstown got to her twice in the playoffs uh, won both came out of the losers bracket and won both championship round games three to one and four to two to claim the title now correct me if i'm wrong will i don't think uh, south kingstown ran into uh, st rayfield that at is all true. during this playoff run st rayfield which had been undefeated yep throughout the regular season and maybe was the team to beat going into the tournament but uh you know saints had a very good spring but uh you know sometimes it's all about the luck of the drawer and uh Congratulations to the uh, Rebels for the championship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, like you said, St. Ray's went down to Situate, and then Rogers, South Kingstown beat Rogers on a really close game, a, kind of a controversial play at the plate, but survived. The call was made, and, and they made it to the championship and uh, got the best of Situate for the title. We'll uh, switch gears, and uh, we'll talk about Mount St. Charles baseball, which uh, concluded their season with the Division II championship, uh, sweeping Barrington in the finals. You know, kind of doing so in exciting fashion. They were down one run heading into the bottom of the seventh in game one. Pulled that out in extra innings and then uh, just uh, held on for a 5-2 to two win in game two to cap it off. Kind of, uh, you know, cardiac uh, kids, I guess I like to call them, because they had a lot of uh, playoff moments where they were down, but they were never really out of it. Uh, they rallied against uh, Narragansett yeah, with a walk-off home run. They went down to Middletown. They beat uh, them, which was the top seed, and the mm-hmm. other uh, side of the bracket. You know, they came back from uh, being losing game two against Tolman for nothing after being down five nothing in game mm-hmm. one against those same Tigers. So the, uh, you know, hats off to the Mounties. They really battled to the final out. Yeah, I mean, to that that Narragansett game you mentioned, that was their first playoff game. That was single elimination. You lose that game, it's over. It's over. And they went on a walk off, and uh, and then just make a make the run, keep it rolling. It's you really know, impressive. Everett Misto was the, uh, you know, finals MVP, and I kind of noted in a story I did a couple weeks ago that you know as much as his bat really carried the day, he had the uh, game tying hit there for in game one of the finals against Barrington. I was really impressed with his glove work out in center field. 
you know, making diving catches. And it's not easy for a high school kid to go over to uh, McCoy Stadium yeah. for the first time. It's uh, kind of a bigger terrain that these kids are used to. You know, you have that roof there where it's kind of maybe judging fly balls yeah, can be a little sure. bit tricky at the last second. But uh, credit to him for really uh, displaying a lot of good glove work out there. Fourth uh, baseball championship for Mount St. Charles, all since 2009. They've really, uh, really turned it on of late. Yeah, they- um, yeah and, and the last one was 2015. After that, Ponegansa, two in a row, Chero in 2018. Those two teams moved up to D1 this year, and uh, Mounties took full advantage. You know, you did mention, uh, well, that uh, when Mount beat Narragansett, it was a single elimination uh, game. You know, I, I did kind of like the format this year. You had two single elimination games before getting to the semis. And a lot of the coaches that I talked to, they really did like it. It kind of stressed the importance of developing a number two pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I think those teams that were able to do it, you saw them get to that, uh, you know, round of four in their respective divisions. Yeah. It did feel like it, it increased the stakes of those first two games, which, I mean, good and bad, I guess. I think some coaches probably didn't like that, that they had to, you know, a top team had to... Like Hendricken had to win one nothing over Coventry in the second game of the playoffs um, to get through then, but I mean that that makes it exciting too. So, but you can see both sides of that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is the two teams that had buys in Division Two, St. Rayfield and Middletown, they lost mm. their uh, quarterfinal game. Yeah. So it really, you know, it that buy didn't help didn't either help one them. of those squads. But Hendricken uh, and LaSalle both had buys in D one yes. and met in the finals. So who knows? It's, yeah. uh, it was kind of like it's like an apples and oranges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I like it. I thought it, it kind of increased the stakes. It made it a little bit more exciting. And, you know, could be a couple more tweaks going forward. They yeah. might add a second buy okay. for a team, maybe the team that finishes second in their respective subdivision. But, yeah, uh, I think that would make sense. Because, like, this year, South Kingstown was you know, one game behind LaSalle. Clearly one of the best teams in the state and had to play that first-round game. So, yeah, that could be a little tricky. Two buys might be nice. But I, I do like that... That once you get past that point, you have series in the semis and the finals. That's the way you have to do that. Yeah, and you know, baseball people always say that it's built on series, yeah. not on you know single elimination games. But there's kind of that reward to get there, and you know, credit to those teams for kind of getting through those two, you know, one single elimination game gauntlets. Yeah, they made it happen. But uh, we'll uh, close the spring with a little bit of track news. Uh, St. Rayfield Academy sophomore Darius Kipiego. You know, did very well at the uh, the Nationals last weekend, and he is on his way to the Pan Am Games in San Jose, Costa Rica. If I'm getting this correctly, yeah, uh, it's uh, right. it's it's that's quite the feat there uh, for really a youngster. Yeah, I mean, Rhode Island has had some big time runners, big time throwers too. A lot of you know, a lot of track stars over the years. This is some of the the highest level stuff I can remember for a Rhode Island high school kid, especially when they're in high school. I mean, really, really impressive, really cool opportunity for him. Yeah, the, uh, we're talking about his performance in last weekend's New Balance Nationals, and also another local from uh, the Times called coverage area did pretty well is uh, Garrett Doyle, who was redshirted this past year at Ohio State. He finished second in the men's hammer throw, hmm. throwing his toss at two hundred twelve feet four inches. So he's also on his way to uh, Costa Rica as well. Wow, well, a, lot of, a lot of Rhode Island connections down in Costa Rica. It's uh, living la pura vida. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one thing that about the track community mentioned, uh, we talk about the throwers a lot. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it just seems you know it was nice to see the sprinters and the uh, short distance runners get rewarded as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout outs to the uh, the state champs in track. Also, Westerly won again with like eight kids. So they just keep making it happen. And uh, Hendrickin claimed the title for the boys. Yes, Uh, 
Jim Doyle, uh, the fighting Jim Doyles once again prevailed. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, switch gears to a little college news, and uh, you know the big yeah. news of the week, as well, at least around here, UConn is coming back to the Big East, and yeah. that means. Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. We'll be once again tangoing with Head yeah, Cooley. Back to the Ocean State. Uh, that, that will be uh, very interesting. I'm sure the first PC UConn matchup will show some video of a certain Ryan Center altercation. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, they can pull up the uh, Pete Gillen audio on that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I wrote this earlier this week. I think it's great for UConn. They mm-hmm. were floundering in the American. Yep. It's great for the Big East in terms of maybe adding another team that brings you more cachet in terms of going yep. to the Big East tournament. I'm a little wary about it from PC's advantage point because if you look at the last five years since UConn won their last national championship in 2014, PC has been a program on the upswing. Mm. UConn has been more in the news for not making the tournament and obviously some off-court stuff involving uh, former head coach uh, Kevin Ollie. Now you have the Big East brand behind the Huskies, it feels like it's going to be a quicker than expected rebuild for Dan Hurley. Yeah, I think it's like injects new life into that that rebuild, which was already, you know, I, I'm sure that was trending in the right direction. Dan Hurley is a great coach and will absolutely get that program turned around. And now you add this, it just makes so much more sense for UConn. Uh, you know, the American was never a very, a very good fit when you're traveling to Tulane and Houston and Southern, Southern, Southern Methodist. Yeah, it just just didn't really work. So this is this is perfect. This is where they want to be. Um, you know, for Hurley, I mean, he's got to be thrilled. Absolutely, got to be thrilled. And yeah, with with PC, you'll you have to see kind of how that plays out. I mean, recruiting wise, I mean, they they kind of recruit all over the place anyway. So I don't know that that will impacted that much although they had they had won some battles against UConn for some guys well, lost they some had, battles too they had Makai Ashton Langford right. who was originally a UConn commit he, kind right. of, he was able to get out of his release and come to PC but you go back to last year with a cook a cook yeah. he was actually on PC's campus the uh, weekend they opened the uh, Friar Wayne Development Center he ended up committing to uh, Dan Hurley should be expected to play next year mm-hmm. but uh, it's definitely going to be interesting and the other thing that's interesting to me well is like the power of how we've seen football be the greatest animal in the room and mm-hmm. everybody talking about it and this was a move not made with football in mind yeah absolutely and probably with, with a lot of sports too i mean you know some sports have works but baseball the aac was probably a better conference for uconn than the big east will be uh, but yeah football i mean they've made an investment in football and program has kind of struggled lately and now it just doesn't have a home so that's that's a question but i mean it, that's that's UConn saying, you know, we know what what butters our bread. And yep. It's basketball. They knew it was bat. They know it's basketball, and yep. you know it. It will be interesting to see what happens with the football piece. Mm-hmm. Are they going to end up kind of like UMass, where they're going to have to kind of piece together their right. schedule? Right. They're not on that Notre Dame level where they can yeah. get those contracts with, uh, you know, USC and Stanford and things like that. So it's uh, it's going. To, it could be a long haul for uh, for the football program under Andy Edsel, but. As far as basketball, you know, it's great. And, you know, the women's basketball program, I think they could probably win anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that matters. Yeah, I don't think that matters much. Uh, And they did say that it will cut back severely on the travel. Their budget Mm -hmm. will be certainly a lot better and more forgiving in that sense. Yeah, that's true. That's another part of it. And that's something you think about with non-revenue sports, too, with the... You know, with the women's soccer team traveling to Houston, they don't have to do that anymore. No, so, they don't. Uh, so, yeah. a few more bus rides uh, on tap for uh, yeah. UConn, and uh, that's certainly a good thing. Yeah. But uh, another big uh, news this week uh, up at Bryant, Steve Owens, uh, highly successful longtime baseball coach. He's on his way to Rutgers. 
you know, uh, you know, just considering where the program was before Coach Owens got there and where it is right now to the point where it's become a regular, you know, NEC regular season championship, putting itself in a position to play for that, uh, you know, uh, a berth to get to the NCAA tournament. It's a lot better shape right now, and uh, congratulations to Coach Owens. Big promotion for him. Yeah, big promotion, and just, I mean, it gives you a chance to step back. What a remarkable job he did at Bryant. It's an incredible program they've built there. Just an NEC power. They've, you know, they're known in college baseball circles. They're getting guys drafted every year. Best Three guys drafted this past year. Yeah, one of the better programs in New England, regardless of conference, anything. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're up there. Um, so they they've done a great job, and yeah, I think they're, I think that's an attractive job now. I mean, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't want it. Clearly, the school is invest in it, um, and the track record of success is there. I'm going to close with uh, this point this week. Just uh, congratulations to uh, Jane Struble, the uh, Cumberland native, getting drafted in the second round by the Montreal Canadiens last uh, Saturday. You know, I caught up with Jaden the day before he was flying out to Vancouver. And I hadn't seen Jaden since he was part of that Cumberland American team yeah. in 2014 that advanced all the way to the Little League World Series. Totally different dude at this point. Had a hockey stick in his hand. I never knew that hockey was really his bread and butter sport. You know, I kind of yeah. knew him as the baseball kid playing first base, being a slugger in the middle of the lineup. But uh, here he, there he was at uh, Vancouver last weekend with a nice shiny suit on and ready to, uh, you know, has a hockey direction going forward. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I remember watching him with that Cumberland American team and. I remember someone saying at the time, oh, he's a, he's, he's a really good hockey player, too. And they were right. Who knew? Who knew? But <laughs> uh, obviously right. the Canadians did. And yeah. uh, they're, uh, he's, uh, to get drafted that high, too, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of being talked about as a maybe a late first-round pick. They only do the first round, the, the first day of the NHL draft. They do rounds mm-hmm. two through seven on the second day. So for him to get pre- picked pretty quickly, yeah. that's an accomplishment. And he'll go to junior hockey now he's going to and Canada next year. potentially college. He's, and, he's, yeah. he's committed to uh, Northeastern. Northeast, he'll right. be there for the fall of 2020. And I think what's nice about the whole <laughs> NHL draft process is it doesn't mean you have to turn pro tomorrow. Right. You have a little bit of time to kind of like fine tune your game and know that you kind of have that incentive at the end of the road. Try to get your game as pro ready as possible. Yeah. And a couple of local baseball guys drafted as well. Uh, I think that has also happened since the last time we did a yes. podcast. Yes, actually. Uh, Mason Fioli, the proud grad, went in the 11th round. You had uh, Cumberland and Bryant's Chris Wright. Uh, Bryant's Jimmy Titus and Ryan Ward. Yep. Chris uh, Wright with the uh, San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to have Mason Fioli. Did he uh, he signed or did he not uh, sign? I don't think he has signed yet. Uh, yeah, I think he has a little bit of time. Still. Yeah, you I can. Do, J- I think it's July late, late July, mid July, something like that. Yeah, so we'll see um, what well, Chris happens. Chris Wright there. did sign. He's Chris with Wright the. Uh, yep. He's with the uh, the Gulf, not the equivalent of the the Gulf Coast out in Arizona, the Arizona League uh, season uh, Giants right now as a reliever. You know, credit to him over the last year. Ever since yeah. he went to the Cape Cod League, he's really found this niche and yep. you know was able to get himself pretty high drafted. We talk about the NHL being drafted in the second round. You know, I think getting drafted in the twelfth round of the uh, Major League Baseball draft, considering it's what forty rounds. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And Wright and Struble teammates. Yes, on that Cumberland Actually, American no, team. They were, they were about, or they were a year apart. They, they, they were both part. alums. The uh, the first uh, Cumberland American. Okay, team okay, okay. That yes, went to the that's right. went to the World Series in two thousand eleven. He was right. part of that. Yes. So uh, we're actually going to catch up with uh, Dave Belial about that. We're going to talk about how those kids are doing. It's, yeah, it's impressive awesome. how you see. Dave Lyle has seen a lot of his former Mountie hockey players 
going on to big and better things. But here it is, two of his former Little League guys get drafted like weeks apart. So I'm sure that's a, a proud moment for Dave. Yeah, absolutely. So we're into summer now. Uh, I'll be at a lot of Ocean State Waves games, some Legion and Little League All-Stars. Brendan on the Pawsox beat, as always, and, and we'll more. we some Legion games, and uh, we'll get some Little League going. And uh, I think that's starting this weekend or maybe early next week. Yeah, it's getting going. I, I got a couple this weekend in District 3, at least. Uh, rock and roll. Rock and roll, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. That's kind of an exciting time this year, too, because given the success... Yeah, some of our local teams, the Little League teams have had, like, you know, mm-hmm. not only getting to the New Englands, but also getting beyond that. Yeah, you're talking about Williamsport potential always the last the last few years, so uh, that, that's pretty cool, and it'll be fun to watch this summer. Well, uh, we might do one more podcast before we talk about high school football. Maybe we won't, but we'll we see. will certainly see be back again is. soon, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Enjoy your summer.